Hey everybody! Welcome to the Punk Tide Eye Podcast, episode number one twenty-one. I don't, I don't know what's going on, Neil, but I am fired up to talk tonight. How about yourself? Yeah, there's been a couple of things that have happened in the uh, in the punk rock world over the last few days that uh, might have got people a bit fired up, eh? Yeah, well, it's interesting, right? Because we're going to talk our normal nonsense. We're actually going to read some letters for the first time in a long time because yeah. we they've been kind of backing up on us, and we're going to have a little fun. And uh, yeah, we're going to actually talk about sort of. Uh, punk current event thing which is not really our cup of tea necessarily and i feel like we're sort of because we're older we're sort of like uh, yes our our people who are like up to their neck in it we're a little more like waiting in it i think sometimes well also i think being older gives you a sense of uh not distance what yeah perspective thank you that's what i was looking for it gives you a sense of perspective that people that are up to the next in it don't have and i think that's uh i think that's kind of important actually Well, there's nothing new under the sun neil you know i mean this is this is all the same crap that's been going on for forever in mainstream society and punk rock you know i guess the funny thing is when people expect uh like punk rock people to be somehow different than everybody else you know as if they're touched by the hand of the punk rock god themselves well i was i was talking i mean we had that fucking mammoth phone call on saturday with our friends right wow that that's a show unto itself that was man that, that, and that would be a 12 hour show i i that was i'd go I mean, off for two nine, hours it was about a nine hour show but yeah dude i go off for two hours and come back and those guys were still at it they were still yeah, talking I, on, I was on three separate times and i think i accidentally <laughs> butt dialed once or twice yeah yeah but um See now I've forgotten what I was what the the very important and very intelligent point I was going to make. Oh yeah, we were talking Let's about how I was saying how punk rock used to be dangerous and that was the way I liked it. It was probably that way for you too when you first got into it. You were kind of not scared, but you were kind of apprehensive or something when you go to a show when you were younger and you felt like you had to earn your stripes and all that kind of stuff, right? And it was a dangerous time, and I, I must much preferred it. But we can talk about that in a bit, because that came up because of that Mass Intruder show I went to. So we can talk about that in, in a little bit. Okay. If you'd like. Anyway. Sure. It felt dangerous because they're fake thieves, and you're afraid they're going to steal your wallet? No, that was going to say, it was just the opposite. And that's why, ah. that, I kind of missed it, because it was so goddamn safe. Very you know mainstream, what I mean? Very yeah. mainstream. Yep. But it's funny, because like a punk rock, what we consider a punk rock band is playing at a mainstream festival. It wasn't a punk festival. No, it wasn't. Well, I, I don't. Street. Somehow, I don't imagine punk rock bowling is going to feel particularly threatening. Dude. It was a street. It was a street festival. Yeah, no, I think punk rock bowling will. Now, I know Riot Fest doesn't. Well, the, the, the only thing threatening about Riot Fest is the prices in the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, exactly. the price of beer. Listen, listen, Neil. We got. I, I just. We, I just. I want to remind everybody again. We still have stickers. As a matter of fact, Neil got a bunch more stickers, so we we are rich in stickers. We and are. as we start going back to shows, we're going to start peppering people's nice, freshly painted, uh, COVID painted walls with our uh, Punk Till I Die stickers. So uh, I just we just got a new request today that rings a bell. Uh, another woman, Neil. Can you yes. believe it? Another woman listening to us. That makes three. <laughs> Thank you for listening, um, Ashley. We we appreciate it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so anyway, the, the checks in the mail. I will get those in the mail this week. Um, and, uh, so yeah, but you can, we, we still have stickers. So punk till I die podcast, uh, at, uh, or on Facebook, you can send us a message just with your address or you can email us at punk till I die 77 at, at gmail. gmail. And yeah, we're going to actually, like I said, we're actually going to read some letters today because we've been kind of slacking on that. But should we, should we start with that? Why don't we start with a song, Neil, before we leap into the mail? Yes. Play with, play it, play us a song, Tom. All right. Uh, now I'm going to think about it. All right, I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna play this song that I feel 
does a fair job of summing up this podcast. This is The Dwarves' Safe Space. If you feel triggered by the following musical number, just dial 555-887-SAFE. This song is a safe space. All right, that was the dwarves with uh, with safe space. Yes, that's uh... gotta love the dwarves, man. Very, very much politically aligned with the people who would cancel them and are always poking the bear. That is political correctness. Mm-hmm. Now, what love was the, what was the last album they put out? It was that one, "Take Back the Night." Oh, I remember. Day. I remember. I love that that song. Take Back the Night was a great it's song. It's a great, great album. It literally, it does poke the bear. That is political correctness. It's just a constant like stick. But you know, I, I think they're one of those bands that it's not like they're they're wealthy. You know, it's not like they're gonna, you know, them getting canceled is not gonna lose them any fans because nobody who would cancel them was listening to them anyway. Have they ever you know? been? Have they ever been in trouble for anything? Um, I mean, with the with the with the internet police. I mean, with the it's, fucking it, you know, uh, purest police. Everyone accused him. Well, it's not true because didn't the bass player like have a bunch of guns and a bunch of drugs and was like holed up in the like against the cops for a, like a day or something? Oh, that's not going to get you canceled by the punk rock Puritans, is Nick, it? Nick Oliveri. I well, <laughs> I mean, he had a gun, you know. <laughs> oh well, yeah, that, but that's a minor thing, you know. Maybe he I, said I boo know. to a goose once, and that was upsetting. Yeah, it's pretty funny. But anyway, yeah. I, well, they. But as far as like Blag, the main guy. He ruffles some feathers, but I haven't heard anything. You know, I haven't heard him accused of actually anything, anything bad. So anyway, I'm sick of I'm, I'm sick of taking people's word for being accused of things without. Yes. Um, anyway, again, but anyway, we'll talk again, about that is, later. This, yeah, this is a later conversation. So yes, I'm going to start out, Neil, by reading a letter from our friend Brian. I think he's in Virginia. He's written to us before. Uh, we talked to him in episode 100, I believe. Right? Yes, yes, we did. Brian hey, B. Tom, we'll call him. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Yes. Anyone who writes us now will have to remain anonymous, so you know, so they don't get canceled with us. Yeah, yeah. So hey, don't Tom go down Neil, with us. Yes. Tom jokingly asked BA on the latest episode to do a Mary fuck kill version of your standard "which Johnny is most influential" question, 
But since Tom didn't push BA to answer it, I figured I'd give it a go for myself. I did not see this coming, Neil. <laughs> no, I didn't either. It was good, though. Mary, and his logic is, is sound, he would marry Johnny Rotten. From all reports, he's been a wonderful caretaker for his wife, Nora, as she goes through Alzheimer's, so you know you'd be cared for. And he, would, he wouldn't he would push a diet on you. He cooks with butter. Indeed he does. Indeed he does. He does. seems like he's put on a couple of pounds, but haven't we all? Uh, he would fuck Johnny Thunders. He was a New York doll, and that's basically like a blow-up doll, right? I don't know about that. I don't know about <laughs> that, Brian, but I do think uh, he was definitely from the drugs and sex and rock and roll school of thought. And you know there'd be more drugs than just Viagra. He would kill Johnny Ramone by default. At least he'd get a giant tombstone out of the deal. <laughs> Johnny has an awesome giant tombstone, if anyone doesn't know that. You, you can even watch horror movies next to his grave every year to remind yourself of the good times you had with him stabbing him to death. <laughs> the game was actually pretty easy. Glad we got B.A.'s take on the most influential Johnny instead. Brian. So it's funny because I was thinking about that. I'm like, yeah, it makes a lot of sense, Brian. I appreciate your train of thought, but I think I would go a different direction. And I guess this shows me for the scum that I am. Because I agree with the Johnny Thunder sentiment, but I think I would go with Johnny Ramone in the Mary spot because he was the one who made sure everybody got paid and made sure the robots could survive. I'm like, I need a sugar daddy more than a than a caretaker. Well, if you have enough money, you could pay for top quality care, Neil. That's my take on it. Well, he made sure everybody I mean, got paid except for Richie and uh, Marky, I believe, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, whatever. They're drummers. <laughs> yeah. Just Thoughts? Drummers. Have you thought? Have you thought this through? Were you as fixated on this as I am? Did you think this through, Neil, or is this is this am I on my own here? Well, the fuck, Mary kill thing was kind of an American thing. That that, that thing kind of passed me by. Uh, I mean, yeah, so, it's an American thing for the last like thirty years, though. I mean, since you've been here, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I've never really played that game. To tell you the truth, hmm. <laughs> maybe I'm, maybe going to back out of this one. There you go. <laughs> you know, but what I do want to you, say you is, have, you might have more. You might have more dignity walking away from it. What I do say is that it is kind of weird. He's right about that whole um, the Johnny Ramone tombstone and the horror movies. Like, I do find it interesting that his wife Linda has a. Um, Memorial every year, right? She yep. they, they have a party every year of uh, for his birthday, right? For his yep. birthday, yeah. And do they do the actually? Because I know he was a huge horror movie fan, right? Especially yep. the classic ones. So do they actually watch movies by his grave? Is that something they do? do I, you know? I think so. And not only that, but he of of all the, I mean Joey. I know had a lot of famous musician friends because everybody loved Joey. But Johnny had a lot of a lot of like famous friends because he moved out to L.A. I know like he and Rob Zombie were good friends and stuff. So I know they have music too i think well you imagine and, having a grave so big that you can have music and movies it always annoys me when people are like and i've seen this a few times recently on the internet and the internet can blow me but um oh i hate johnny ramon he was a piece of shit yeah because like, he didn't believe exactly what i do exactly right it was like well so he's had a slightly he, different political belief than you do so, so that makes him a piece of in, shit in retrospect yeah. well and and then they always come out with the thing he stole joey ramon's girlfriend and it's like, well, maybe so, but they got married, and they were married for 20 years until he died. So I think I've, that I've was pretty safe. I've heard a lot of safe. accounts of that where they basically said that Joey and this girl were really casual. He wasn't going to commit to her, and Johnny was, and that was it. And they and did And then commit. I've read other accounts where it was like the love of Joey's life, but so I don't know. Well, well, she was clearly she was clearly not that hot on him. Well, listen, dude, you know, he wrote a song called The KKK Took My Baby Away about his bandmate taking his girlfriend so well see and i've read other uh things about that saying that that's not what that song's about at all so yeah. it's interesting but anyway yeah they were married for 20 mm. years until he died so i think they had a pretty solid thing going so it's not like it mm. was a one-night stand or something 
Anyway, yes. so leave Johnny alone, you bastards. That's and she's I'll done say. a wonder. She really has done a wonderful job of sort of guiding his legacy in a way that I don't think any of the other dead members have. Exactly, hundred percent. You know what yeah. I mean? Like Joey didn't really. Joey's got his brother, who, who you know, uh, Mickey Lee, his name is, who does some stuff, but but yeah, Linda's definitely uh, a bulldog for making sure that Johnny is sort of still gets acknowledged. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. I, after, many years after I'm dead, my wife will still be holding like a, the uh, Punk Till I Die podcast festival, <laughs> where all of our fans can get together and you know warn us, Neil, warn our. Will she? Will, will she be doing the podcast with me? I I, I doubt it. <laughs> She'll probably take this fancy microphone and throw her in the trash. She's on a real bender lately of getting rid of stuff around here. So. Oh boy! Hope 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 your records are okay. Your records yeah, and your guitars. They're, <laughs> they're, too, they're too heavy. Yeah. Well, she might throw the flexies away if you're lucky. Oh boy! I'll put those. I'll just if I want to get rid of them, I'll just set them on the kitchen table. She'll just clear them right out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You want? I'll tell you. You want to do another? You want to do another letter, Neil? We should either do. Uh, I am gonna, yeah, I am gonna do one. I'm gonna do with one from. Want to uh, do that real long one? No, I'm gonna do um. Do 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 do. Uh, I'm gonna do the Joe Moses one, seeing as it was kind okay. of to me, right? Okay. I'm sorry, Joe M. <laughs> I'm sorry, I blew your cover, oh, mate. Oh, you screwed so that up. I blew it up. Yeah, and Joe's from Michigan. We decided, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, he is. He wrote to us before, like way up north. Yeah. So he's writing in about the uh, the metal episode, or the one with the two guys from four, right? The uh, which was number one seventeen. One seventeen. Okay. So he says, "Hey guys, episode one seventeen was good, even though it was a little awkward." Did you think it was awkward, Tom? I didn't think it was awkward. No, it not was at just, all. I was just asking questions because I really didn't know anything about that genre. So no, I think I think it was kind of funny that you didn't really know anything. And the fact of the matter is, it, a lot of that stuff was over my head too. It's like, well, you know, the Swedish death metal versus the Norwegian death metal. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, and, and it's the melodic Swedish death metal, not the exactly. regular. You know. So anyway, back to the letter. Um, he says a lot of extreme metal genres have more punk roots than straight metal roots. The raw side of extreme metal came from the raw DIY of punk. I know Neil was not into this side of punk because he was wearing Daisy Dukes with a little leather jacket at the time. <laughs> no, that's, that's a cheap shot. <laughs> but Discharge and the crust punk scene influenced multiple extreme bands. Then they spun off into multiple genres of metal. I think if, Neil, I think if Neil listened to some early extreme metal albums, he might find something to like. Thanks for the content. I will keep listening. Joe. So um, did 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 you what did you think about the Venom song, Neil? It was fine. It was slow, actually. I was kinda surprised how slow it was. It's uh yeah, kinda motorheady. Yeah, it was. I mean I wouldn't say it was slow, but it wasn't like crazy fast, like some of the stuff. Well well but yeah, I mean it wasn't like it wasn't like um like some of that stuff with the guy like dancing like I mean singing like a bear, you know that kind of crap. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, I, listen, I've often said that too. That I think that some of the thrash stuff is definitely more in the punk spirit or hardcore punk spirit than a lot of what passes for punk now, which is basically just alternative pop music where the singer at some point mentions that he listened to Black Flag when he was fifteen, but there's no <laughs> proof in the music, you know? Yeah, yeah. And apparently all the drums are auto tuned or whatever the fuck that, that is. The, yeah, that, that was thing. an interesting conversation. Man, we have some interesting conversations with people uh, on Saturdays, yeah we do. Neil and I have this are we're part of the uh, punk rock Illuminati <laughs> and uh we have these big conference calls where you can't understand what's going on because everybody's yelling at the same time. And it's uh <laughs> but sometimes we learn a lot of things. 
We do. Yeah, we learn a lot of things about recording techniques, etc., etc. Thanks to well, it's interesting. Brian well, it's interesting because there's a lot of Michael different Stipe. people. From, there's people from all different backgrounds. There's there's Englishmen. There's Scottish people. There's people living in Japan. There's Americans. There's uh, you know there's, so there's there's a mm-hmm. lot of perspectives. So it's, it can be interesting. You know, it, it can. Yeah. But uh, well, anyway, so I, we make. We I make all the real decisions within the scene. Everything else is just, you know, all this, all the stuff you guys read about the internet, it's all fake. We make all the real decisions. <laughs> I actually did reply to this email because I write Joe and said, because he told me I should try to listen to some uh, early extreme metal. And I said, well, give me some examples and I'll listen to it. But he didn't write back. So what would you, uh, Tom, what would you say is what's early extreme metal? Well, I would say Venom was pro- would probably be in that group. Um, I'm not. I guess I'm not exactly sure what he's early extreme metal. I don't know if he's talking about like like the Florida death metal stuff. Like the band Death was really good, or um, Violence, or I, I don't know. I guess I'm not. Or uh, what's the one Possessed or something? I'm not sure exactly what he means. So you get back to us, Joe. Send return Neil's email. Yep, early extreme metal. I don't know what that what that means, but uh, you know. Once that stuff is, is very fast and it's very or not 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 like you know super super fast, but it's fast, it's heavy, and it has a real lo-fi quality to it. You know, I think that's kind of what he means. <clears throat> but anyway, I'll tell you what, man. One of my shows that's coming to GR in November is Municipal Waste. They're like a retro. They're like a newer, younger thrash band, not super young. That do like a retro style thrash, and I'm super excited to see them. Who are they playing with? Uh, they're headlining and. Uh, they're playing with a doomy band from New Orleans that's been around forever called Crowbar. Should be cool. That's a good name, Crowbar. Like I have that. a few uh, metal friends that I really, really enjoy hanging out with, so I hope we can all get together and have a couple of overpriced cold ones. And well, okay. Watch, watch the music. Well, I'll tell you what. Those friends of yours, they sound like society's rejects, and uh, that leads me into my first song tonight. I mean, some of them are like CEOs and stuff, Neil. They're doing pretty well for themselves. Listen, I'm, do- I'm doing a tie into my song, all right? I know, I'm, just, like- I'm just kidding. They're all losers. <laughs> I had the perfect sync up right there. Listen. Um, so, yeah, so this is going to be the Mau Mau's from uh, England from 1982 with their first single, uh, This is Society's Rejects. So there, I know that Richard probably knows that one, but I don't know how many other of you of you do. That was Society's Reject by the Mau Maus. That's M-A-U-M-A-U-S, who actually just released a new album this year. I've actually got to check that out and see see what it's all about, see if it's any good. Hmm. There you go, Tom. Well, you know, that sounds like you're believing me there too much. 
<laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm looking ahead to the next letter. Okay. Oh, yeah, this is, um, a, lo- this is a long one, buddy. Yeah, good luck well, with this, this one. Well, this is a two-part letter. Do you want me to just read the first part of it, or should we read the second part, too? Hold on a second. Let me let me let me find this thing. And we have the, we have our friend Andrew who wrote us two very long letters we haven't read, but they're so freaking long. Andrew, you're killing us with the length. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Um, Carl. Oh no, definitely read the DRI one, Tom. Well, these this is this is a two part letter. So read, I'm actually going to read the second half of it first. Starts out, so it starts out also, and I don't sound, want to sound like the guy who always complains because I really do love your show, but here goes. And it's funny because Carl does complain a lot, but I, I kind of take it from him without – he's from Seattle, Carl from Seattle. He was on episode one or two. But I take it in good stride from it because I do take it as constructive criticism or like he's kind of in our little family. So when he criticizes, I know it's not like malicious. It's coming from a good place, Tom. It's coming from it's a coming place from, of love. It's coming from a good place. Even mm-hmm. if he's constantly pissing and moaning, it's coming from a good place. <laughs> Son of a bitch. All right. Also, I don't want to sound like the guy who always complains but I really do because I really do love your show. But here goes. I like Taylor and Jeremy. They were actually fun guests. So these are the guys from 4, the band 4 we had on again, the metal guys. As opposed to the dudes from, oh boy, I don't want to say the band name. <laughs> yeah, you do. I'm going to say it then. Because <laughs> that's something we have to talk about. It's something we have to talk about. We're not talking about it right now. We're holding off on that, Neil. Oh, I have my reasons. come on. You're fucking editing us, man. What are you doing? Okay. As opposed to the dudes from Rhymes with... Uh, Smaramites. Uh, as, <laughs> as opposed to the dudes from Blank... <laughs> And had a sense of humor and didn't leave a bunch of dead air. I also like metal, although Florida metal is pretty shit, if you ask me. The only thing I didn't like was that they claimed to have started this punk band to fill in the great void that the entire genre of punk has left us over the last 20 years, since, according to them, nothing new and exciting has come out since The Offspring. I I don't remember them saying that. (laughs) They did, actually. I do remember them saying that. Wow. (laughs) Yep, they did. I I can't believe I let that slide. I must have already been moving down to the next question in my brain. And I'll say this, I actually like their band, or at least I don't hate it, but it sounds exactly like all the Jarrett Corps that they've supposedly come to save us from, and when they got to the part about do, of doing a Pennywise cover, I nearly shit right in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> How much more generic can you get than covering a Pennywise song? The most generic of generic SoCal bands to ever exist. Anyway, as you can sure, as I'm sure you can see, I'm quite upset, even though I like those guys. Someone just needs to take them down a peg or two. If you guys would... Would like to chip in and buy me a plane ticket down to Tampa? I think I'm just the guy to set them straight. I bet Mike the mailman would normally be waiting, or normally be willing, but he may not want to sully the office of mail carrier, which I'm sure he holds in the highest regard. So I'll give you guys a couple of days to get your finances in order, and then you can cut me a cashier's check for the ticket. I only fly first class, by the way, <laughs> and I like to have a few top-shelf drinks at the airport <laughs> bar before boarding any flight. So please include an allowance for that. Sincerely, Carl. Well, thank you, Carl. That's very fun. Yeah, that's a good one, man. Write in more. That was funny as fuck. Do that you should. You, you, you got a message. You got a message from Mike. You want to read that? You want to read that real quick? Because it's real short, but it's pretty funny, also. Or um, you want to say that? It, it well, it kind of harkens to the thing we're going to talk about later. Okay. But I can if you want. I mean, all right. Fun. No, well, I'll tell you what. I'll read. I'll read the. Because like, I, you know what, it's good to get different perspectives on that. So I'll tell you what, this is the first letter from Carl. This, this one, this one is pretty funny. I know there's a few of you that are not only listening to the new episodes, but actually going back and either trying to catch up on the ones you missed, or kind of listening to them again. I think I have one friend who said he listens to the new one every week, and then he listens to one old one every week. Oh, that's cool. And he's, that's and now one. we officially have enough stuff out there to keep him entertained, which I, I appreciate that. But anyway, 
hey, fellas, how's it going in the Midwest? Just kidding. Who cares? Anyway, <laughs> I went back and listened to the Todd Evans episode. Neil, do you remember what episode that was? 30? Uh, I don't know. Keep on. I'll look it up while you, uh, while you keep on reading. Back and listen to the Todd Evans episode again. Tom mentions a story about an incident at a DRI show at a club in Detroit, which he claims doesn't paint him in a very good light, but says he, he'll tell it later. Now is the time. I think this story needs to be told on an upcoming podcast. This is all for now, fine sirs. So, so, <laughs> so my my brother and I and my friend John, who I, I've probably been to more shows with than anyone other than maybe my pal Scott, who you know. Yep. Those are the two guys that I've been to the majority of my shows with, and it's hundreds. I don't even I couldn't honestly I couldn't even tell you how many. It's with John it was strange because he had got tickets for everything. So there's some really, really amazing shows, some really, really shows that I didn't care about that I just went to hang out because with my buddy. So um but we really were excited to go see and this had to be around two thousand, maybe early two thousands, two thousand one, ninety nine, somewhere in that era. We were going to see DRI one night and then we we're gonna spend the night in Detroit and then go see Suicidal Tendencies the next night. Same club. The great club. Uh-oh. Did you close I, it, Tom? Did you do something bad and get the place closed? No, it's amazing. I just, like, it's it slipped my mind. It's, the it's like, the most notorious club in Detroit. It's such a dump. It's on the east side. What did I... What, what is wrong with me, Neil? Well, you can't remember the name of it? I can't remember the name of it. It's not Blondie's. Blondie's is the other one. Anyway, it'll come to me. But it's, it was an old theater, and it was a really grand theater at one time. You, know, you can tell it was really fancy. It had heavy, like, uh, the heavy uh, velvet curtains and all that. But it became a total rundown dump, you know? And 50 years of, or 100 years of people smoking cigarettes in there and dumping beer all over the carpet didn't help. So we go in there on Friday to watch DRI. And they this club was also famous for doing that thing where they would basically do pay-to-play. So it would be like eight opening bands. Okay. Which is always always amazing, right? And uh, so we wait around. We watch all these horrible opening bands, or some of them at least. And uh, then um, DRI comes on, and there's a bunch of Nazi skinheads in the pit. Oh. Which, whatever. You know, I don't know why we went down the floor, because we're stupid. I don't but know why there'd be just... Nazi skinheads at a DRI show. That just yeah, seems I don't, kind of they're very, to very. They're very liberal politically. Well, it's Detroit, man. Detroit's its own animal, you know? Mm-hmm. So my friend John's glasses fall, get knocked off. So he reaches down to get them, and one of these fellows decides to kick his face like a football. Oh, f- shit. With their combat boot. Mm-hmm. Just mashes his face. So it's like, holy cow. So up to this point, we're doing fine, right? But this is where it actually gets um, where the sort of embarrassing part starts. So we get him out of there, out of the pit, and we get up above, and he wants to leave. Mm-hmm. And my brother and I, we don't want to leave. Um, we didn't really understand the extent of his injuries, I don't think. His nose was, was broken. Oh, okay. And, but, you know, my brother and I, we're, we're borderline rednecks. You know, we grew up in the country. It's like, just suck it up, man. They only play for an hour anyway, you know. But anyway, he needed to go to the hospital. So the first... First, so that so that that's number one element that paints me in a bad light is that I was more concerned about watching DRI, who I've seen like fifteen times. <laughs> nice, than, nice, yeah. My... <laughs> let it to self, let it to self. Never get injured when when Tom's yeah. around. <laughs> well, in my defense, I probably hadn't seen them ten times yet at that point. Okay. Um, 
but the other thing was they threw some of these guys out due to the incident. And mm-hmm. I was scared shitless that they were going to be outside waiting for us. These were, there was three of us. I don't know how many of them there were more. And they were tough dudes. And my brother and I were scrappers growing up, man. I, I would, I never backed down to a fight, but I was scared. And that was, that's shame number two. Here's shame number three. We finally get out of there. We don't know where we are. We're on the east side of Detroit. And we, um, so we got to find an emergency room, right? This is pre-GPS or anything like that. Sure, yeah, yeah. We're just like, what the hell? So we end up driving like 10 miles to a, an emergency room. We didn't know where, we didn't know where any of them were. And we, anyway, I guess in hindsight, there was one like right around the corner. Hmm. Um, but so we take him to the emergency room and we drop him off and kind of get him set up. Well, it's going to be a while. We don't know what's going on. My brother and I are sort of restless. So we... What do you think we did, Neil? Take a guess what we did. You went to a bar and got drunk. We went to a liquor store and we sat in the hospital parking lot <laughs> drinking awesome. beer while our buddy was getting stitched up. So so th- there you go, Carl. Well, well, there's you know, there's I, no shame in I, that. I mean, what were you supposed to do? Help him help hold him down? Well, it's funny, right? Because I just I just don't feel like it's, you know, my finest moment as a human being. I mean, I didn't assault anybody. I didn't, you know, I didn't commit a felony or anything. I just like my compassion was second to my wanting to drink beer and watch DRI. Well, there actually was a felony committed there, because I'm sure you drove home after you'd been drinking in a parking lot. <laughs> Is that a felony? I, I, it's something. And listen, right? dude, on the east side of Detroit, if you're not actively murdering someone, <laughs> you're not really going to get the police attention. Yeah, true. True. But it just bothered me so much, I can't think of the name of that club. I went there a few times. Well, let was, me, let was... me, I, I just looked up punk clubs in, in uh, Detroit. Hold on. Uh, the, the Aruba Palace? No. It was Book, more of a metal place, really. B- Bookies Club? No. Clutch Cargos? No. That's Lilies? What's that? Lilies? You keep cutting out when you say that. Say it one more time. Lilies. No, that's not it. These are old-timey ones. New Miami? No. I've, I've been to the old Miami, though. See, these are all, like, old-school venues. Well, it's it's an old-school one, too. Look up metal venues. Okay. All right. Hold on one second. Do, 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 I can't. Do, do. I just, Neil, you know, you know I always wanted to go on Jeopardy. I'm a really good trivia guy. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I go to sometimes played Barney at the trivia whenever you know we get together at Christmas everybody wants me on their team for trivia but my mind has gotten so soft I don't, I don't even know what to do cry for help in a world gone mad is it still open this place yes it is Harpo's Harpo's that's it that's it okay. it's on Harper Street on the east side because so this, the DRI there's, showed there's the one DRI here that says hold on this one here that's the story of Harpo's Detroit's most notorious metal club there you go. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we played a song before for a band called the Feisty Cadavers, and I know it's come up a couple times with guests because the Feisty Cadavers were a beloved kind of gothy, punky metal band from Detroit, and the singer was uh, Carjack and killed in the parking lot at Harpo's. Hmm. Or was it Blondie's? I think it was Harpo's. Anyway, see, I'm, I'm struggling now. But anyway, uh, DRI did not draw a lot of people, so there was virtually no security. Now, the next night, so my buddy had to go home, right? So we actually dropped him off. It's a three-hour drive. Took him home and called up another buddy of ours. Said, hey, we got a free ticket to uh, see Suicidal on a Saturday night. And we went, oh, absolutely. So we picked up another buddy and went back and saw Suicidal. But so he was. Day. So he didn't want to go out again after that? I mean, because a, nah, a broken nose lost, wouldn't keep you out. I mean, that sucks. He, he lost his will after that. Yeah. And it was, it was, it was really a much different show for Suzo because, like I said, there was so much security there. And this place was just notorious for your car getting broken into. I mean, you're almost better off just leaving your windows down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Because at least then they don't get smashed, you know? Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, there's neighborhoods in Chicago like that. Well, know? that happened. Yeah, that happens. I went to see, uh, I think it was the face to, I think it was face to face. We went to see it. Uh, it wasn't subterranean. It was that one under the train tracks, which I'm blanking on the name right now. But, uh, Wait, yeah, right, my, you know, between the two of us, we can't remember anything today. Well, my friend Jason, um, you know, his wife came with us too, and she kept a bag in her car. For some reason, she left a handbag in the car. Oh, and so when we came back it. out, sure enough, the window had been smashed and her bag was gone i guess a thousand dollar handbag or some shit i don't know so but yeah that uh that that happens i guess right oh handbag. bad idea bad yeah idea. especially he's parking under the train tracks it's i uh, guess it's actually All pretty right, close to, to cobra lounge but it wasn't cobra lounge okay i think i know what you're talking about but i can't think of it either all right listen let me play another song play another song buddy all my songs today are sort of mildly offensive picked out sort of randomly while i was taking a dip in the pool rather than taking a shower on this hot, hot late July day. So I'm going to play a Meat Men song. Okie dokie. And this is, good. this is later era Meat Men, which is like 25 years ago still. But uh, <laughs> but this is later era Meat Men, mid-90s. This is the title track from their album, Pope on a Rope. Tesco V doing what yep. he does best with uh, the Meat Man with Pope on a Rope. Um, yeah, I must admit I haven't heard that one. I don't know that album at all. Is that the one with uh, Morrissey Must Die on it, or is that something different? Same era. Same era. I don't era, think okay. it's on that album. Yeah, I don't think it's on the album. Yeah, it's the same. I have to play that one sometime. Well, well, which is funny because then they also did a Smiths cover, so I do find, they did. find that they funny. Did. I think How soon that was now, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. was that? I think that might have been the Hate Police. Not oh. the Meat Man. Oh, I, pretty, I thought it was the Meat Man. I think I've got it somewhere on some kind of thing. One of my Marcy compilations somewhere. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You want to do what? You want to do one more letter? You, or are you? Uh, we done with me? You think? Oh no, we 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 do one more. Uh, we got uh, Richard Andrew. 
Um, so, yeah, let's. Rich, is it Richard? I'm sorry, a Richard. A? A? <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I'm no good at this. <laughs> so, Richard, I, for, I, I'm a, first, I need to apologize. I, since I've been doing the sticker thing, I have been very diligent about, like, when I get a sticker order in, I, you know, within a couple of days, I'll get the stickers out. You'll get them quick. You'll be, be, you know, pleasantly surprised. Richard, you were the first victim of me slacking off. I mean, it's been weeks now, and I haven't got your stickers in the mail. So, I'll tell you what. Neil will send you some stickers, and he will enclose a crisp $100 bill to make up for your make up for your trouble. Yeah, not happening, mate. <laughs> anyway, I'll send you some stickers. I swear I'll send you some stickers. Do you have, do you have stickers left? Yes, yes. Oh, you do? Okay. Not a ton, but I have some. Now that I got a request from another woman, I can, you know, now I'll have an excuse to go to the post office. Now I need to feel like I need to go to the post office. All right, so let me get this straight. You're not sending stickers to Richard, but you will send them to a woman. No, no, I'm going to send them to Richard. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna, I, and I want to start being better about sending them to our to our guest, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I was going to say, did you see that I sent some to Susie Moon, and she, I saw that. That was cool. She, uh, she, yeah, she pimped us on face on uh, Instagram. That was excellent. She was. I yes. sent her a bunch, and I'm hoping they'll show up maybe on you know on a guitar or something. That would be cool, right? There you go. Yeah. So uh, anyway, so this is from. All good right. Old go ahead Richard. and read, read this yeah. letter. You might have to edit it a little bit. Have to do a truncated version, but whatever you want to do, go ahead. Neil. Okay. Uh, this is from Richard. It's called another Minneapolis connection. He says, "Hey Neil and Tom, I realize it might be a bit annoying for me to be writing in and commenting about old episodes, but I couldn't resist resist after hearing Paul Number One's interview recently. Man, Paul Number One was on ages ago, wasn't he? Shit." Well, we are doing a lot of revisiting old ones yeah. lately, and I think there's going to be more of it even as we go here, since we've bands are starting to get back into action. So, yeah, and anyway. by the way, the uh, the Todd Evans Squar one was episode twenty two. Twenty two, okay. Twenty two, yeah. That was a wild one. That was a that was a wild. One. It was a good one. Good one. That. Yeah. Um, all right, hold on. Uh, he mentioned his kinship with our local heroes Dylan Jafar, as well as the last show they played in Minneapolis. The show goes down as one of my all-time favorites in town since I moved there in 2006. A lot, a lot of that was because of the great lineup. Del, uh, Dylan Jafar headlining, of course. Boris the Sprinkler played before them. Off with their heads before that. Then a couple of local openers, Murph being the standout. Ripping hardcore band that used to have two drummers and does all kinds of crazy stage shenanigans. At that show, mm. Murph rebranded themselves as Smurf for that one show, and they were all shirtless with their torsos painted blue. <laughs> That was also the show where their lead singer sprayed fake blood on the audience during the set with one of those uh, lawn fertilizer things. Anyway. Yikes. I never. I little, little Walmart-level guar there, huh? Yeah, re- yeah exa- <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, dime store guar. Um, yeah. I'd never seen Boris before and frankly was only sort of familiar with them, but they put on a killer set that frankly might have been better than Dylan Jafar's, even though I knew almost none of their songs. That's a really good sign, actually, if you think the openers, even though you know none of the songs, but you still think they're good. That's an excellent yep. sign. I think Patty actually said that when Dylan Jafar came on stage, they said, how the fuck are we supposed to follow that? <laughs> Boris fucking ripped, and it was funny to see the crowd looking around at each other like, what the fuck, with Rev Norbs <laughs> in between song rants and bands of good stuff. But to continue with the, but to continue with theme, you all have hit on a few times about the good old club spots going away. The biggest reason that was such a memorable show was because it was one of the last events at Grumpy's downtown. That was a great dive bar Patty from Dylan Jafar bartended at, but was later sold and bulldozed for more fucking condos downtown. Patty's prowess as a killer bartender actually swayed my wife to go see a Dylan Jafar show. Turns out she was a fan and ended up coming to me uh, to see a few more of their shows. 
R.A.P. Crumpies, and while I'm at it, the Triple Rock Social Club. Two great fucking places of punk rock that are no longer with us. Anyway, just wanted to share my two cents on that show and remind Tom to give Dylan Fuller a chance. <laughs> I get that a lot. You our do, friend, man. You do. Richard, That's the UK. Yeah. Like, he'll, I swear he put that like he'll put like a double uh, whiskey coke no ice on my timeline like every six months. Yeah, because he's drunk and he forgets that he he does it. I think. Yeah, he probably does. Yeah, but anyway, thank you for writing in, Richard. That was a good story. So, yep, people, write in with uh, gig stories. Write in with tell us stuff that you've bought, you know, or come on the Facebook group and uh, join the Facebook group and and join in and join in the fun because there's lots of fun to be had there. People posting all kinds of wacky shit, you know. It is fun. Well, it's funny because, you know, know, obviously, you guys know I'm a big Boris fan. I've talked about them all the time. We had Paul on. I played a bunch of their songs, but I have never saw them live. Hmm. So I'm actually going to see them back to back nights this fall. So, um, I was actually something. So I'm going to see they're going to play in Milwaukee, which my buddy Scott and I are definitely going to be at. And then they're playing at what well, the Beat Kitchen, right? You Beat Kitchen, yeah, my favorite venue in Chicago. That Beat Kitchen show is loaded with it's it's got the new Jughead John from Screeching Weasel Band, and also that band that rhymes with <laughs> Care of Rides or what? Anyway, whatever. I don't remember what Neil said <laughs> last time. But it's a pretty low. It's a pretty stacked lineup. So, uh, Metamites. the Chicago show, especially the Chicago show, especially. Um, you know, it's funny because uh, so, and then of course, you know, I'm, so I'm trying to talk Neil to come up in Milwaukee too because I think it's going to be fun, just a fun hang. And Milwaukee is always great, honestly. Yeah, it's only an hour uh, away for me for God's sakes. Not that yeah, far. Yeah, maybe, maybe two. I'm not sure. It doesn't matter. We'll pick you up on the way, dude. Ah, it's getting Get better and better all the time. Get in the car and shut up. Yeah, shit, um, true enough. We've, as a matter of fact, uh, one of our our pals up there uh, has sort of informally invited us to pregame at his house, like two miles away. So, and and maybe we get him to drive us to the show. So we'll see. <laughs> now, is that at the anyway. X-ray? Is that the X-ray arcade? The X-ray, yes. Okay, that sounds good. And then, of course, we're going to see Sloppy back to back nights, and uh, you know, and our friend Ricky down in uh, the Cincinnati area said he's coming up for it. I think I think they're an hour and a half away or something, or two hours. And he said, what about a, you know, a meetup? So I think we're actually going to do, you know, we're going to have some opportunities to meet up with some folks and uh, drink some beers and, uh, you know, have a good time. So I, the, the indie one is sort of already in the works, but we could certainly do Chicago or Milwaukee. So if anybody's interested in that, you know, shoot us a shoot us a message. We'll uh, tell you where we're going to be. We'll uh, just have a few drinks. And I mean, the fact of the matter is we're going to be sitting at the some bar somewhere before the show either way. So so is he coming you know, up? Is he, well. is he coming up for the Chicago show or the indie show? Which one? Who's that? Ricky. He said Ricky was coming up for one of the shows. Which one? He's coming up for the he's coming up for the indie show. That's okay. like, uh, and I know Matt, our, our friend Matt, uh, of course, is going to be down is going to be down there for that. Anyway, it sounds it sounds like a few people are going to make it to the indie show, so hmm. worth doing. I might be you might have to come down there with that test too. I think it's three. It's about three hours past Chicago, but yeah, I don't think I'll be doing that one. But I might go to the they're playing Milwaukee as well, right? They are, but they're playing Milwaukee on a Monday night. Hmm. Gotcha. Okay. Anyway, we'll figure it out. Yes. I'm pr- I, Scott and I, I think, hashed it out. I think we will be going to see Sloppy Seconds and the Cheats in Maryland uh, in oh, next month. Oh, you are going to so. do that. Okay. Yes. And also, I believe if everything works out well, you, you know, you're going to be hanging out here locally with us, and we're going to hopefully go to a show and do some stuff too. So, Yeah, I'm planning on, uh, as of right now, anyway, I'm planning on driving up there the uh, week of uh, weekend of August 6th. So. Yep. Up to lovely Coopers, Coopersville. Oh, 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 you said it. Oh, oh. Well, I've we, never said it, Neil. Well, well, I've said it's the home of Del Shannon. It would only take about 30 seconds yeah, of no, research. 
These people are too lazy to Google. <laughs> like, who's, who's Del Shannon? But of course, all our, all our exactly. uh, listeners are old enough that they would know who Del Shannon is. So, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty. Sorry, Tom. I blew you. I blew your cover there, buddy. Blew my cover. That's yeah. right. You're gonna have to get your 45 out. <laughs> I'll sit on my front porch with my shotgun. Yep. Come see me. Come see me. <laughs> All right. Get those skinheads up there. They're all probably fucking you know, lawyers play, now. Play another song. All right. And then let's let's get to the elephant in the room. Okay. Um, I'm going to play a song by another English band. I'm in a uh, early 80s mood today, I guess. Um, so this song is dedicated to those uh, those Detroit skinheads friends of yours. This song is called The Blood Is On Your Hands by The Instigators. Was the blood is on your hands by the instigators from 19, 1984 Man, you're really educating me today neil yeah richard will know that one too i can guarantee it oh huh. that's one of those ones they were one of those bands that um they were kind of in the conflict mold 
when okay. uh, they came out after that, though, when they were actually pen pals of mine for a while, they sent me their demo tape and stuff. See, no, we... that 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 stuff definitely has a metal element, right? Um, the latest stuff did. Their early stuff was now very um, anarcho punk type stuff. The early okay. stuff, yeah. Actually, you know what? Let's let's do one more one more segment before we. Uh, oh. with the... Okay. And well. It... And you know what? This will take like two minutes. So okay, maybe we'll no, it's not. No, that's this. fine, dude. I got nothing but time and beer. That's true. What else are we doing, right? Yeah. Well, unfortunately, I'm on call for work, so I'm drinking refreshing ice water. Oh, I'm sorry, dude. So yeah, don't. It's amazing. So you think I'd be able to think of things easier, right? You think I wouldn't be like struggling for clarity of mind as I sit here and drink <laughs> ice water? Well, there you go. Maybe that's the problem. Yeah, it could be. But anyway, no, I was going to say, we, we, did you, you did end up going to Record Store Day or not, Neil? The second one, the July drop. I did not go anywhere for Record Store Day, no. The one thing I'd really, well, okay, so I think I said I got a Gun Club album that was supposed to be out on Record Store Day, but I got it like four days earlier. So that was one of the things did I Did you had. get it from the label, or how'd you do that? No, I got it from my local record store. I've known the oh, guy. Boy. I've known the They're guy. they the Record Store Day rules. Don't tell, don't say the name. Yeah, I've known him for 40 years, so... I asked him, and he said, I got it already. Come by and pick it up. So I did. But the other one I wanted was the um, Johnny Thunders and the Alien um, Heartbreakers, the the new unreleased tapes of LAMF or whatever, the original Masters or whatever. Um, But that was was delayed in the States, So was that going to be like – I wonder if they're going to do that with the Black Friday record store day or what? I read uh, like August, so we shall see. Uh, when that comes out, so but now it's not going to be a record store day, record store day release. So it'll just be a regular release. So mm. um, that was the only other one I wanted. Even though if I'd have gone, because I could tell I was doing this, I was getting kind of itchy on that day with everyone else. <laughs> when everyone else posts pictures of shit that they've got up, I know it sucks, right? Yeah, I was like, oh, you know what, that Ramones live one actually that looks that's got a really decent playlist. Maybe I would. So I know if I'd have gone to a place that had it, I'd have actually, I'd have actually purchased something, but I I didn't make it out. So. So you know the fact you should probably come up here and like one for one of these record store days next time because my local store has so has such a good selection they really get everything it seems like hmm. and so because like I went to the first one about a couple things and I had that Joey Ramon solo album in my hand but I'm like you know I, it was good but it wasn't anything amazing you know and then I saw our friend Jake posted a picture of it and it was like this splattered black and purple and gray thing it looked so cool I'm like okay. oh yeah. And then uh, same thing with they had I, I, they had that Ramones live thing. I mean, I should just I should have just picked it up for you. I just didn't even, wasn't even really thinking. I picked up two things. I picked up the two things. Well, no, here, before before I say that, so you you tried to go to a record store though, right? It was actually kind of funny. You were you were pissing them on about it. I was. You went out to dinner or something, and then you tried to go. You tried to go to a record oh, store. Oh yeah, that's right. There. I did. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. You're right. Thank you. Thank you for reminding me. Yes, I went to the Duke of Perth, my favorite place, and yep. the, the the place. Hey, listen, for all you, I think I said this before, but for all you Punk Till I Die trivia fans, when we do our trivia show, the first place Neil and I ever met, physically in the flesh, Duke of Perth. Yeah, Duke Chicago. of Perth on the yeah, on Clark Street. We drank we drank beer and ate fish and chips. It was good. We did. Most excellent. But anyway, there used to be one of the branches of Reckless Records. It used to be just around okay. the corner. And um so we got done eating and drinking and I was, you know, half cut, half in the bag. And uh I was like, Oh, you know what? Let me go and see what they've got left for record store day. So we walked like the two or three blocks. I walked the family up the street to oh the record store's up here, it's up here. It had gone. 
I guess just before COVID, I guess it, I guess that branch closed down and opened up somewhere else. So I actually didn't end up going to a record store, even though I, was I gonna meant to. Say, is it like you were too loaded and you were just like a block off and you missed it, or like? No, it, it moved. Like... That the, the brand, the branch I would, or the location I was going to had closed in like April 2019, and uh, uh, oh, no, yeah, something like that. Whatever. And it became two different Starbucks. Uh yeah, no, it was a. Uh, I was like, this looks like what it used to be, and it was like a like a pet sanctuary or some shit. I don't know. Oh. It was a pet store or something. And I was like, well, that looks like what it used to be. But uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, that it, it, that one had moved onto Belmont somewhere. So, uh, so I didn't Good end up Belmont. actually going to work. Thank you for reminding me of that. My hopes were dashed. That, that painful memory. But Thank what I did, but, but what I was able to do was post a bunch of uh, punk slide ice stickers on some of the lampposts around there in boys town. Yeah. There you go. So there you go. Well, so what so did I you did, get? I did run out. And, well, it's typical, like, Saturdays. My wife usually works me on Saturdays if she can, if she can get some work out of me. And then I don't remember what happened. It started to rain or something, and I just like, oh, I might as well. Or she had to go somewhere. I'm like, oh, I might as well run out for a minute. And I ran out for a minute, and they had both of the things that I – I kind of, like, focus on a couple things, you know. And this time it was the Lillington's reissue for uh, the back channel broadcast, which is on lovely white vinyl. And then – a classic from 1986 it's been in and out of print but it's been really dodgy over the years and that is the chromags age of quarrel their first album mm, and that right. that one i got in like a cool red black thing and that one was actually a little controversial right because the bands the yeah and i think we've talked about this in a previous podcast but the band said yeah you know we were not getting paid for that don't buy it so i did feel a little bad about it but by the same token what are you gonna do throw these things in a dumpster so who put it out if it wasn't, if it wasn't, it was Rock but... Hotel. It was the original label that put it out. But how did they do it without permission of the band? I have no idea, Neil. Don't ask me how these things work. You know why? Because the band can't afford to sue them. Probably. I think that's how things work now. Well, I thought maybe it was one of those things because I know that the singer and the bass player uh, were at yeah. odds. So I was wondering if one of them said yes and the other one said no or something. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's funny because John Joseph kind of had control of the band for years. Harley after John Joseph left, Harley had control of the band, and then John Joseph seemed to get control of the band, and now Harley has control of the band again. And John Joseph has another version called like Chromax JM or something. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It's like freaking Ario Speedwagon, right? Yeah. There's competing versions like Fog Hat, like Champ '69. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> There you go. Yeah. But yeah, so I got I got that and I'm actually real glad to have that. I love that album. I like the first two. The second one uh, Harley sang on was called Best Wishes. That one was really good too. How hard, you know, it's hard edge stuff, good stuff. How was the sound? Good. Sounds good. good. Yeah, okay. And the Lillingtons too, but the weird thing about the Lillingtons album, so that came out in like 06 or something, I think. That was like their what, their fourth album or the third or something? It would have been the third, right? Full length. Because it was shit out of luck, and then death by television. I think that. Hmm. But anyway, it doesn't matter. It had been out of print for like twenty years. It was you know color came with the poster and all that. The color is white, which is not my favorite. And the poster, it, it's cool, but it's one of those. Remember back in the day at all the clubs, where they'd have like a poster that was you know, it was like, it, it was probably like sixteen by twenty four. But it just basically had the album cover, and then down the bottom, it just had like a white space where you'd write the name of the venue and like yes, the date. Yes, I know show. exactly what you mean. Yeah, yeah. So it came with one of those. So it was, it's kind of cool. Anyway, I, I. But the weird thing about it is that that album has been omitting a song, and it was Brian, our our the guy who a letter we wrote or read earlier, 
actually said on the Facebook page, does it have the song Waited Out on it? And I go, it really, it doesn't, which is weird. That was a song written by Ben Weasel, but it's not been on later pressings of the band, of the album. So hmm. anyway, anyway, I was pretty pleased to get those records. Um, I don't know. I think I might hold out doing any more record shopping until you come visit. Okay. I've been doing, That's cool. I've been doing quite a bit, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I've got I, I've got things on order that I ordered like ages ago. That was, you know, yeah, order it now, and you have to wait six months for the vinyl or whatever. So I'm still waiting for that naked ray gun one, which I'm guessing is going to be another month at least. It's still on pre-order everywhere I look. Yeah, there's a Black yeah, Halo EP I mean, that's been on pre-order for three months. There's uh, there's stuff like that cool. that's just going to show up in the mail, and I'm going to have forgotten that I ever ordered it. You know, so it'll be like the a nice surprise, I guess. I did order the Let Me Downs record, which we just had uh, Paul from Let Me Downs on. Uh, I don't know, a couple shows ago. Um, might have been the last one. Actually. Last show, yeah, last show. Um, and uh, oh, you ordered it, okay. Well, but here's the other thing, boy. This is totally off the topic, but my wife yesterday was going over the credit card statement. Oh boy, and we got hacked. Oh no, that sucks, dude. So somebody bought. So, I know you hate the discount. So, somebody bought some psychobilly. I don't know who that could have been. I know you hate <laughs> discount airlines. So, <laughs> I know it wasn't you, but no, somebody bought like a thousand dollars worth of Spirit Airline tickets on her credit card. Wow! So, and she you knows she called the car, and they're taking care of it all. And right, a bunch right. of like Apple apps, like from the iTunes store. Oh no! But anyway, so it's taken care of, but we had to cut our credit cards in half. So now all of a sudden I'm like, oh, because all my PayPal and everything's attached to that card. Amazon's attached to that card. I'm like, we're probably going to save a buttload of money. Dude, I just, I know exactly what you mean because my card didn't get hacked, but um, it didn't work anymore. I guess I'd had it for so long that it didn't work when Mm. I try and swipe it. So I had to order a new card and that took nigh on two weeks to get here. And so for two yeah, weeks... Yeah, they're saying up to 10 days. It's insane. Yeah, well, but, I mean, yep. you got to get gas. What, are going to use cash? Well, exactly. Exactly. So I had to borrow money off my daughter to buy gas. <laughs> I felt <laughs> like such a scumbag. But yeah, well, see, you, you don't realize how many things, like you just said, you don't realize how many things are attached to your credit card. Because I was like, yeah. oh, shit, Netflix was suddenly like... Your, yeah, we, your payment was declined. Hulu, your payment was declined. You know, yeah. all this Dollar shit. Dollar Shave Club, dude. I mean, my <laughs> razors. Oh, <laughs> no. Shave my head, dude. Yeah. Anyway, well, yeah, it, it, it kind of sucks, but I mean, and and I'm like airline tickets. I mean, aren't those something you really have to have your proper name attached to? Isn't that really easy to trace back? Well, you can. Well, of course, you can buy airline tickets for somebody else. But so, but so, I mean, if the police were so inclined, they could easily find out who who did that crime, right? But they probably don't care. Well, anyway, as long as I don't have to pay. But yeah, in the meantime, I'm sort of I can't really buy any records or anything or. Probably my wife. She probably like made fraudulent charges so I could lose my credit card. Are you sure it wasn't Richard? So we didn't so I didn't have to but tell his wife about <laughs> Yeah, tell his wife about all the shit that he buys. I do not believe I believe it was Russian operatives, you know. Well that's what they said. You know, I remember when my identity got my whole identity got hacked, so it was more than just my credit card. Um they applied for false um unemployment um in my name. Mm. And that happened right it was such it was so bad, dude. It was right before I went to England to deal with my mom dying. Um oh, and nice. and my yeah my fucking identity got got stolen that same week, so like I didn't have enough to to worry about right so, mm. uh, but yeah and they had a they were having this shit delivered to our address so again it would have been easy enough for the police to just go to this like four hundred thousand dollar townhouse in one of the westerns in Wheaton or something, but um, 
But yeah, but the, when I reported it to the police, they said the same thing as you. Said it's Russian operatives. They've they've traced all this stuff back to some group out of uh, out of the Soviet Union. Oh, not the Soviet Union. Mm. Jeez, I aged myself there, didn't I? Soviet. Oh, Union. Neil, they're coming back. They're coming back. <laughs> yeah, Russia. Um, yeah. So there you go. How did we get right. talking about that? I don't know. I'm gonna play another song, and then we're gonna talk about the elephant in the room. Elephant in room. Okay. Go. And I'm not just talking about myself laying here with no shirt on, with the fan blowing down on me in my bedroom. My fortress, pillow fortress of solitude. Dude, um, I, have to, I have to say, just let me say real quick, that phone call on on Saturday, the last time you called in, where you were basically naked, it was most disturbing. I was wearing shorts. What do you want? I was well, in the we, we didn't see that. All we could see was like the was like the from like the moves up. That was all we could see. <laughs> it was most disturbing. Well, what are you gonna do? <laughs> I was like, this, right. this, this teenager's present. Well, there wasn't, but, you know. I have teenagers present, but you know what? If they don't like it, they can get their own house. <laughs> Love it. Love it. All Love right. It. Listen, I'm, I'm going to play more, play another Nobody song. I've been playing a lot of Nobodies. I think we're uh, America's number one Nobodies content podcast right now, and I actually hope we can actually increase on that in the future. Yeah, I'm going to have uh, something, maybe. something. Yeah, like it should, should yeah. be soon. Probably if maybe, we can figure it out. Week. Yeah. Probably next week, actually. Okay. Um, so, anyway, um, let's. Uh, this is for their last album, which was called Hussy. Came on a Rag Girlfriend. And it's called Drugs, Sex, Drugs. No, I'm sorry. Sex, Drugs, Sex, and Rock and Roll. <laughs> Try to say that ten times fast. Yeah, nobody's sex, drugs, sex, and rock and roll. There you go. Which, of course, is a takeoff on the Enduring the Blockheads song, right? Sex and drugs and rock and roll, I guess, right? 
Well, I mean, I think that cliche was around before Ian Drury and the Blockheads. Listen, right? Ian Drury was very old. <laughs> mm. no? he, he was in Kilburn and the High Roads before that. He was doing. Well, see, that's one of those bands that like a lot of the old old punks love, but they're really more like a pub rock band or they, something. Completely, right? they're completely a pub rock band. But they had a huge number one over like, Christmas nineteen seventy eight with "Hit Me with Your Rhythm Stick," which was a huge, oh my huge hit for those guys. Did you guys. play that at some point? I think you did. I think you played that on a Christmas show. Maybe. I, yeah, I might have done. I might have actually done that. And you know, he was. Uh, he was. A, I think he had spina bifida or something like that. He was like severely handicapped anyway. So it was kind of crazy, right? That he was well, it's, it's singing with a band. He was like Mr. Burns. He's like all bent over, like excellent. <laughs> yes. All right. Yes. So we don't. We, so one thing with us, we we try to keep our shows timeless, right, Neil? Timeless. <laughs> yes. We timeless. don't talk a lot about this stuff, and I especially this topic. Like we've talked about it, frankly, before. But, you know, I think when we talked about it last time, I think is when our friend from Norway or whatever tried to, you know, get me canceled by writing a letter to Punk News talking about what a creep I was. Yeah, what a so, you know, lady lady killer creep you are, yes. Yeah, exactly. So, um, over the last week, the big news story, and once again, this is big news in small circles, right? Because Teenage Bottle Rocket is a mid-level punk rock band they're well they're well known they're sort of big but they're not like dropping movies offspring something like that rancid right, right rancid right i mean the fact of the matter is they work between tours and they're you know they're 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 not rich so right. um so there was a podcast came out and we actually have a kind of a degree of separation from that podcast even though we don't necessarily need to get into that but um where essentially a woman came on and accused ray of sexual assault is, I mean, is that is that too simple? Too much simplifying it? Um, no, that's... Ne- they never they never said his name, which I think is kind of interesting. But it was clear, it was yeah. obvious who they were talking about, and I mean, so much so that Teenage Bottle Rocket responded with a statement, literally like within hours. Much. Yeah, yep. A singer from a punk band in Wyoming or whatever, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was it was it was interesting. Um. It's it's it, the interesting thing to me is is people's responses, because there's three three general responses with with a little bit of nuance possible, but there's three general responses. The first response is this guy is a piece of crap. I will never never give him a penny of my money or never look at him the same again. He needs to be crucified. That's the first response, right? <laughs> right, right. The second response is, um. I don't care. I like the band. What do I care about this personal life? That's this. That's the sort of second response. And I'd like to think that both of those are sort of the extreme end of things, and that most of us are a little smarter than that, and a little more capable of rational thought. And I, I definitely put myself more in the middle, where I'm like, well, let's you know, kind of try to analyze this situation a little bit before we jump to conclusion because everybody seems to need to make up their mind in the first 10 seconds of anything nowadays don't they that is the internet way buddy yes i guess yes we make up our minds immediately and then we stick to it even if the facts say otherwise it's because you see all these all these people because you and i are in a bunch of different like punk groups on facebook and stuff we're literally like you know an hour later everybody's like f ray rocket he's a piece of crap blah 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 it's just like i mean yeah, I met him once. He was a uh, blah 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 blah. What is blah, the point of that? I don't understand yeah. what the point of that is. Yep. I think we live we live in a world where people like dragging. I mean, it's always been true, right? The bully is always the guy who has to drag other people down to make himself feel feel good. 
But the internet makes that so bad, doesn't it? Like, um, what do you accomplish by making that statement about what a piece of crap Ray is, a guy you don't know, to strangers? I mean, well, does that really give you a sense of empowerment? Well, a guy you don't know going on a one-sided story on a podcast that is specifically designed for this purpose. So the whole thing seems it, it, it seems extraordinarily fishy. And the Teenage Bottle Rocket response was by, I think it was Ray's girlfriend or wife, right, who was saying, I was there, and some of this stuff did happen, but it didn't happen in this way, and this person has been stalking Ray and has been doing other stuff and this kind of thing. So there was clearly two sides to this story, you know, just despite, you know, the, whatever. I don't know, and that's the point. I don't know, so I'm not going to make a fucking decision until I know more of the facts, you know, or well, whatever. I'm not going to no, crucify allowed, somebody. You ha- you're either with us or against us, Neil. You have to decide right now. Yeah, we have to believe. Second. We have to believe every accuser ever. So appara- apparently, certainly... within well, ten well, minutes. I understand the. I understand why things are so screwed up, because for years men could just be total jerks, do whatever they wanted, and there was virtually no consequence for it. But the fact that we've changed it to the opposite, where it's just guilty once accused, that's that doesn't make that just, just Dude, because things were screwed up before. It's you know? terrifying. That That is actually yeah, terrifying. Yeah, especially for I mean, a like you, Neil, who's <laughs> always constantly... Unwanted advances on young ladies. Well, you've 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 seen that um, that uh, movie on or documentary, I should say, on like Netflix. Or I can't remember which one it was about that crazy hotel in Las Vegas, uh, Los Angeles. That's oh yeah, lots of lots of yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the internet detectives, the good old internet detectives. Oh, there, they ruined lives, right? They, they ruined, ruined lives, lives by saying it was thing. it was some black metal guy from Brazil yeah. who'd written a song about killing a girl or something like that, and that guy had stayed at the hotel, and it stayed out. He it turned out he'd only stayed at the hotel like a year before this woman yeah. had died. It was clearly nothing to do with it, and they basically hounded him into a fucking suicide attempt. It's it's just like people just well, fucking relax and wait well, for the facts the- to come out. And that's the – and I don't care if you're the New York Times. The headline is huge. The retraction is in the back and tiny. Mm-hmm. So the sensation is in the accusation, not in the finding – going through the trouble of finding the truth. And I – listen, and and, and there's there's a number of questions that, that are related to this too – but we'll we'll do that as a little a little different thing. But I, I you know looking at this thing, if you're looking at it from a legal perspective, they're not they're trying to win the case in the court of popular opinion without having to go through the weight of proper evidence, right? Well, there is no court case. Then I mean, there isn't the the police are not involved with this, right? No, no, I get I get that. But if I was looking at this from a legal perspective, I definitely think that. Ray would be in pretty good standing just because it's so it's it's a he said she said situation right which is generally the case with sexual assault and listen I know a lot of men are liars don't get me wrong I'm not I'm not saying otherwise I'm not saying it should be he said she said there's no guilt I'm not saying that but in this case it's he said she said and there is an extra witness on the side of him which right. to me is you know is a fairly heavy weight and and the other thing is I think all the witnesses, probably Ray included, the girlfriend and the other woman involved, are probably fairly unreliable. There's definitely there was definitely some reasons to think that the accuser there was some un, there was some reliability issues as far as I was concerned. What you mean because of drink and other well, they things, were all perhaps lo- they were all loaded. Right. There was yeah yeah and there was and once again listen if you're drunk and on cocaine that doesn't give you the right to touch someone who doesn't want to be touched. I'm not I'm certainly not saying that but there was certainly you know, 
you you things seem different in the light of day sometimes. But once again, I don't want to be accused by a, a Norwegian douchebag of <laughs> you know being anti-woman or something because I'm really not. I'm just saying it. I think if you weigh the evidence in this case, it's certainly not not uh, not cut and dry. That being said, man, listen. If Ray's a creep, if Ray's a rapist, I uh, listen. I don't. I I won't support him. But well, I don't think she, I don't think she, I don't to... think she even went that far, did she? I don't think she accused him of being a rapist. I don't think that word I was used. Thought... Oh, okay. Well, I think now sexual, now it is. Know. I'm accu- I'm accusing him. No, I'm just kidding. I I, I don't. Uh, I thought that was the case, actually. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Um. Anyway, listen. I I, I don't know, man. I I so. Well, the, 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 you know what's you know what's really interesting about this is the people that are so keen to um hang someone up to dry without any evidence so who was that who was that kid that went up to wisconsin to defend property or whatever during the uh, during the riots oh, for george floyd yeah, yeah. the stupid kid and he shot two people like killed two people right yep. kyle yep. kyle risen the house or something someone like that right yeah so you know, he went to his first, uh, didn't go to trial yet, but he went to his first hearing or whatever, right? And um, and I had friends of mine on Facebook, or, and they were like, why, why is he even getting a trial? Just, like, throw him in jail and, you know, I mean, throw him in jail, throw away the key, you know, string him up, you know, this, that, and the other. That's scary, isn't and I, it? And I'm, like, scary I'm, I'm like, folks, the right to a fair trial. Even Charles Manson, even fucking baby murderers get the right to a fair trial. That's what part of makes this country yeah. so great. That's what a free country is about, that you get a fair trial in a jury of your peers and all that stuff. So you might not like what this guy has done, but he still gets a trial just like fucking mass murderers and Neil, you know, psycho killers the, do. You know, They saw a well-edited video. I think they know enough to decide this kid's guilty. <laughs> I, I, I guess and throw and throw away every law the U.S. has ever had. Just throw yeah, all that, much. throw all that in the bin because because someone in a Facebook fucking uh, in a podcast said so. Yeah, it, well, and it, it, well, and, and it is. That. It does make you wonder the motive of this thing because, as I kind of mentioned earlier, you know, Teens Bottle Rock is a pretty successful band, but it's not like they're rich. There's right. no money to be had. Right. They're not going in after him criminally. I mean, is is the goal here to make sure that Ray has to work at a gas station for the rest of his life? I mean, that's is that the is that what we're going for? I guess for so. Here? I guess so. Yeah. Hey, tell you what, if you got if you got balls, go after David Bowie's estate for some sexual assault allegations. Do that. Well, once again, we start talking about the '70s stuff, and that's what almost that's what I think really triggered that Norwegian creep too. Is that I said, listen, in the '70s, you know, Ted Nugent had a 15 year old girl living with him on tour. I didn't say it was the right thing. I'm just saying it's 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 you know, the world has changed a lot. Rock and roll has changed a lot. Yeah, I gotta. Uh, this 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 this, this this hits a real nerve for me because of some of the Morrissey stuff. So I mean, you know that you know that this yeah. that again trial by internet. With no fucking facts and no nothing to back it up and just false information, and all of a sudden he's guilty by association, right? Or guilty but, by and, and internet again, jury. Once again, I'm not claiming to know. Well, that's the I'm point. Just, we don't. So. I'm not claiming to know. I'm just claiming to say that I'm. I, I mean, it's like it's like it, 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 unfortunately with some of these people. If you say, "Listen, I'm not going to make a decision until I have more information," then it's like, "Well, you're one of them." Right. You yep. know that very, very compassionate. I would say if you if you associate with either of the major political movements, there's no room for compassion. You have to be a just a diehard tool. When do think when do things get that way? When when were you not allowed to have a divergence of, of opinion from each other? 
without without being immediately accused of being either a race either a racist a sexist or a rapist basically right i mean it's like (laughs) just because i don't agree with you politically i'm a you know well and it's so funny because i really do have a lot of friends people that i'm very friendly with who i have very divergent political views with and we argue in a friendly manner about it and it's it's kind of enjoyable honestly but Mm -hmm. what's the way it's supposed to be it is bizarre yeah listen all right Let's, Neil, you're going to play another song, and then I have a couple of other avenues I think we could explore in this story. Okay, that sounds good. Um, I'm going to play a song by Vice Squad, 1982. This is off, I think, the 30 P. This is uh, Stand Strong, Stand Proud by Vice Squad.
there. Good old Becky Bondage. Um, Wait, Stan- you are going old school today, man. I am. Oh. Stand strong, stand proud. Yeah, Becky Bondage. I thought she'd be cancelled with that name. I'm sure the uh, the um, internet feminists will be outside her, her door saying, how dare you be called that? How dare you? Well, it is, how it dare is funny. you? It is funny when the feminists go after women. Yes. You know, it's just like, ugh. Yeah, it's a lot of... Uh, America eats its young type of stuff going on here. Well, but, punk, um, well, so, well, well, no, but that's a good point. Punk is eating itself at the moment. It's absolutely eating itself, yeah. and it's policing itself so that it's basically a puritanical, ugly space, and it's just weird. It's just it's fucking kind of weird. Become, yeah, it's be, it's it's become its own sort of fascism. Um, yeah. It's funny because we're we're talking about this, and I don't remember if we were talking about this in in. In one of our group chats or privately, yeah, but I was talking about Grand Rapids has been famous for this because there's only ever three or four or five bars at a time that are punk friendly. But the punks always ruin everything. Oh, <laughs> the owner of that bar is a sexist. We need to boycott that. And then, like, most of us be like, you know what? I've known the owner of that bar for years. He's a, he's not. So I'll still go there. But then, like, half the crowd doesn't show up. You know what I mean? Or the security guard at this one place, you know, touched my girlfriend inappropriately, no corroboration at all. Right. People say, oh, we need to boycott this place. And then literally the bar puts the video footage out and literally the drunken woman was like slapping the bouncer. Right. <laughs> or whatever, whatever. And he never touched her inappropriately. And it's like, but but already you already lost half your crowd, you know. I mean, well, it's, it's worse than when we were kids, Neil. We'd run a VFW hall for like 200 bucks. And we'd have a bunch of bands in there, and we charge five bucks again, and we make a shit ton of money. But then they they wreck the hall, <laughs> and we never really use it again. Yep, yeah. At least no, that's that true. was that was more punk rock, right? At least we were throwing rocks through the ceiling. At least it was, I don't know. Yeah, we were showing the man rather than rather than uh, fucking grassing each other out, right? Showing the man how stupid we were and how he was <laughs> yes. smart not to let us book his hall. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. It would never happen again. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's true though. It is a it is a, it is a good point. And uh, actually, that kind of leads me to that. Uh, unless you've got something else to say about that. No, go ahead. I was going to talk about. So I went to see um, Mast Intruder were in town uh, Friday and Saturday of last week. Friday they played a supposedly free outside street festival, but as in most street festivals these days, there's a uh, suggested entry fee you know what i mean of ten dollars or whatever so whatever so they closed off a did, bunch did of you did you pay it or we did, did. You suggest that they sell tickets if they really want to collect some money <laughs> yeah, that's what i should have said that's what i should have said no so where this was it was in wicker park which is basically where we went where you went to reckless that time when when we went down to okay. reckless yeah it was right in that block it's sort there. of a neighborhood in the in the process of gentrifying it used to be kind yep. of crappy now it's kind of decent right yeah you yeah, yeah. it used to be it used to be awesome it used to be an awesome neighborhood um now it's yeah. Now it's super fucking yuppified, basically. But uh, so what was there? They closed off like three or four blocks, and um, you know a lot of bars in that neighborhood, and the, they had like beer tents and food tents and shit like that. And it was you know it was a nice Friday night, so the place was buzzing. It was really full. Um, a lot sure. of people. They had uh, two stages: one at the north end, one at the south end. The south end one was playing reggae. The north end one that night was like the punk rock one or whatever. So. Opened up with a, uh, the first band was the Blind Staggers, who were kind of a country punk kind of thing. Um, yeah, it seems vaguely familiar. They've opened up a tons of band at Reggie's. I've seen them like at least twice at Reggie's before. Oh, they're, they're okay. fine. They're fine doing what they do. Um, the interesting one was the middle band. So it was a band called Dead Men. 
and going in, going in, I had no idea what that meant. I just thought, oh, Dead Man, that's an okay punk rock band name. So they come on, and I get up there, and it was it was terrifically interesting. It was a three-piece band, a guy playing the drums, um, a trans person um, who I guess was a man but dressed in a dress, you know, and... Uh, Looking like you know a woman. Oh whatever, boy, you're not that's... being very sensitive here. Well, I, I don't. I, so it was I don't a trans know. female. <laughs> uh, sure, yeah. Um, and <laughs> he was he, wailing. So was was that he or she? Should I say? Well, you say say what they think. What what they what they whatever. project is. So um, if if it's if it's oh boy, Neil, we're showing how old it was. We the, are it, and how it was the, how, how, how about how, how about this? It was the guitarist. Uh, the, guitar, okay, the, exactly. guitar, the guitarist. Why do we it, even have to mention gender now that it's getting confusing? All right, sorry. It was, it was wailing. As I mean, it was, and it was I'm funny. Gonna have to do a dis- There's going to be a disclaimer at the end of this. And be like, yeah, we don't know what to say. Old man tendencies <laughs> do not necessarily reflect the views of Punk Slide Die podcast, or they do. They do. Even worse. But they anyway, do. go ahead. Um, but there was no bass player, so uh, he was playing. I think he must have had it plugged into like the guitar amp but also into a bass amp or something because he was doing like both oh, basically yeah, yeah. at the same time right so actually like new we rocket union dude, right yeah and new like rocket union yeah. yeah yeah so anyway he was wailing away and um and then the singer was a female she had an absolutely incredible voice um super powerful and then she was hammering away on a couple of drums as well so basically they had two drummers and then this guitar dude uh yeah and um it was. It, it was swear, like folks, a, He's not trying to be. It says, "I swear." No, I yeah. And it was like a post-punk kind of punky noise. You know what I mean? It was. It was very unstructured. Sure. It certainly wasn't traditional punk rock, but it was very powerful and they were very good. But they were clearly a. Um, and now I understood what dead men meant. Because ah, it was clearly it a feminist friendly slash lesbian. Can you say lesbian anymore? Is that a thing still, I, or I is it so. some other you term now? Show. Okay. Um, but that's clearly what it was, because when I was standing at the front, I suddenly looked, realized I was the only man standing anywhere near the front. And they were all staring daggers basically, at you. Basically, yes. It was a lot of very uh, very angry-looking uh, women uh, oh. staring at me, so that was that was weird. So, um, But they oh. were interesting. And uh, and then they left the stage, and then, you know, Mastin Truda came on, and it was... Uh, I don't even know who's left from the original band except for Blue. Because green is gone, so, being replaced by brown. Um, yellow left a while ago. So that's ago. the bass. The bass. The brown is the bass player. No, brown is the guitar player. Green used to oh, be the guitar. guitar player that was standing on the left of the stage, like the one that would do lots of antics. Okay. He's now okay. gone, replaced by brown. Uh, yellow was the bass player. He's been replaced by purple, who's a woman. Yep. Um, and red is the drummer, but I think red was a different person because he seemed to be playing the drums left-handed, and I remember red used to be right-handed. So, wow, they're like Kiss. They're like the Kiss of Punk. They just swap swap everybody out. But again, with the masks on, you can't tell, right? So I think Blue seemed to be the only guy that I, you know, that I knew was in the original band. Oh, and Officer Bradford, of course. So huh. they did. I mean, it was the same Mast Intruder set you've always seen, basically, right? It was all the hits. The sound was terrible. Um, I have to say, uh, it was an outside. Stuff. It was an outside festival, and it's it, the sound. I mean, I was right at the very front. You can probably tell by some of the photos I posted. I I got some great photos because I was right at mm. the barricade, right? But um, sound was awful. But it was fun as hell. I mean, it was you know they always put on a really fun show. Officer Bradford does his shtick, but he's uh, I guess maybe because it was Chicago, he actually t- said he didn't want to be a policeman anymore. So he had a he took off his uniform and had a leotard that said black lives matter on it so he was 
very politically correct, so the crowd... Oh, so they've slightly changed their shtick, at least. Yeah, that might have just been a Chicago thing, though, because he didn't want to get shot. (laughs) Maybe, or, I don't know, who knows? Who knows? Everybody's everybody's just nervous, trying to have fun. They don't even dare have fun, you know? Right, well, that was enough true of the punk rock scene at the moment. But anyway, it was, you know, they played for an hour, and they did all all their best... All, you know, all the best songs, and they did uh, Heart Shaped Guitar, and that was great. They had three girls from the crowd get up and sing it, and they did a really good nice. job. And it was just a lot of fun. Uh, they were playing Beat Kitchen the next night, and we were going to go to that too, but it was turned out to be like 20 or $25, I think. And it was you just a, on the night before for free. Yeah, it was a 10 o'clock show, and it was just, you know, how you get you get in sometimes on a Saturday night, and you're doing something else, or watching a movie, and you're like, you know been what, I don't want to... Been drinking since noon. Oh, do we were, because we've been on all those phone calls. So, uh, yeah, yes. I'd been drinking gin. I'd been drinking gin since noon. Yeah, so I was like, you know what, I don't feel like going out. So we didn't we didn't see him at night, but, you know, it so, was good. So, you know, anyway, listen, when I said, when, I, when you asked me, if, I figured you were going to go further into this Ray Rocket thing. Can we revisit, we only have one song left, so let's... No, of course we can. No, of course we can. I have a couple more questions for you personally. Yes, sir. Kind of. Uh oh. So, um, what what are you know? We talked about this before. Like, it. it, I think a lot of it has to do with attitude, right? Like, like if he said, "Man, I screwed this up. I did. I, I I messed up. I apologize. I was out of my mind." See, a lot of punk rock. I don't think there's any forgiveness for this. No, see, and it definitely isn't. And I'm Jeff. I'm definitely one of those guys who said, you know what? If you acknowledge what you did wrong, I mean, it's you know, there's consequences for screwing up. But I'm not, you know, it's like in punk rock specifically, when it comes to sex crimes, which are heinous. Don't get me wrong, but it's like the unforgivable sin, right? It's like you can never. I. I. And I. I think that's sort of sad. I mean, you can't redeem yourself from that. I. I don't know. It's well. That's. I mean, it's an interesting one, right? Because sex crimes they were both yeah they're, listen, both like adults. I said, they're, they're their own worst you know animal they're a bad animal no question i mean both adults supposedly you know the from what we see she said she wasn't consulting the next uh, consenting the next morning uh he thought she claims that that she was um so who knows right it's somewhere in but the i'm middle. actually talking in more general in more you general mean if you terms. if you if you apologize will they will, will you be forgiven can I mean? Can there be forgiveness for this? It doesn't. Well, for for me, of course. But well, that's I, what I, I would think... say for me too. And even you know, we were talking about who would we have on, who would we not have on? Because one of the names that came up, because I I would think I would actually think this guy is a really interesting story. We, the name that came up was Sammy Town from Fang. Yep, Fang. Yep. Now Sammy Town had a horrendous drug problem. He and his girlfriend were drug dealers, and this was this is more than thirty years ago. Right? It was like around ninety or so, I think. No, it's earlier than that. This was like eighty. 86 87 i think was it that early okay but i don't and i don't know exactly what the story was but they uh in a drug-fueled rampage he killed his girlfriend stabbed her to death yep um no he strangled her i think we strangled her okay strangled her. once again get my facts really straight here um and he fled and he fled to europe or something he was on the lamb and he he was caught and and he did his time it wasn't a ton of time, but once again, it was one of these crimes where it wasn't. It wasn't like a he wanted to murder his girlfriend crime. It was just one of those drug fueled, you know, terrible crimes. Um, but I would be willing to talk to him and listen to his story. I mean, I think I think a lot of people wouldn't. I think I mean, would you be comfortable with that if you want to come on and talk to us, or is it because we, we we usually don't worry about backlash? 
No, I absolutely would. I mean, I'd be absolutely fine talking. talking I don't know that he's that. really looking to come out and talk about that, though. No, because right? I mean, he's been he's been redoing the band. I mean, he got the band back together in the mid '90s, and he's been doing Fang now for like yeah. thirty years, like a new lineup, just him from the original lineup. But yeah, he's he's Neil and I are still, still rocking Landshark from 1983 or whatever it is. Damn straight. Yeah. Not um, really following anything since then, but you know, it's good stuff. It's yeah, really good stuff. But no, it's it's an it's an interesting question. So. Um, I mean, obviously, it's it's a personal answer for everybody, but it seems to me that right now in punk rock, you cannot be forgiven of of certain crimes, you know, specifically sex crimes, and I I don't think that's the way it should necessarily be. Well, this is well, once this again, is, I don't this, want to sound like I'm defending creeps, man. You're never going to hear any of this stuff come up on me. I'm I'm I think these people need to be dealt with severely, but if you screw up, you know, well, because I I see. People turn on each other so fast. They're so vicious. There's like no friendship. There's no camaraderie. Like, like if your friend screws up, man. Like I said, they need to be held accountable. But you just kick them to the curb. Well, there's At least no, Teenage Bottle Rocket didn't do that, right? Well, there's no, but the, there's no time for reflection. Like the 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 decision is immediate, and it's guilt immediately, even without any evidence. It's guilt immediately, and that's that's the that's the weird thing to me. Now, and one thing I find interesting is that obviously murdering. His girlfriend is way worse than you know some kind of yeah, yeah, sexual me, assault. You give me a choice. You give me a choice between those two things. I'm going to go ahead and be sexually assaulted. Right, right. Of course, rather than being strangled to death. Depend, I guess depend, depending on the circumstances. But yeah. So, but that's but, but 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 that's interesting because in the minds of some of these people, maybe it's not, which is really weird, right? And once again, I get it. Like it wasn't taken seriously enough, but this, but the new reaction to it is not necessarily justice either but i don't know so okay so neil here here's here's my here's my final thought on this because this stuff makes me insane because once again i think a lot of the people who are who are already decided probably weren't really fans of the band anyway but what you know what uh responsibility do we have as fans or you know so so as of right now like i said i haven't made up my mind so if teens by rug came to town i'm not i'm not currently boycotting the band you know but you know, if we found out it was true, and you know, because you hear all these things now, people are like, "Oh yeah, I, I heard the story about this or that or the other thing." Well, yeah, ignore all that crap, right? But say there's a fair amount of corroborating evidence, and it seems like this is maybe something that's happened a couple times. So at that point, at that point, what is your what is our responsibility as a fan? We 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 had to. I, I mean, I would boycott if I knew he was guilty of this. But I mean, do you throw away the records? I mean, that seems silly. He already got paid for him. You're not hurting him financially if you throw away the record. I, I just I just don't even know how to. I don't know what my response would be to that situation. Oh, and do you I separa- mean, I still have all my screeching weasel records. Do you separate he, the artist? Do you separate? Well, we could have a whole conversation about that thing too. I mean. Um, but yeah, he separate... kind of got crucified public opinion, and his friends turned on him in two seconds. Right, and that's that the thing, sucked. too. We haven't heard a statement from Fat Wreck yet, right? Are they giving you a drop from their label? I don't know. Yeah, well, I, I did notice they dropped off the Fest bill the next day. Or oh, they were kicked off the Fest bill the next day. Again, uh, without any fucking corroborating evidence, is, without any Fest of is, that stuff. Fest is its own thing, though, too, you know? So if that uh, so if that was what the aim of this podcast was, well done. You you succeeded in your well, fucking that's, aim. Like well I said, done. that's my that, that was my other question. It's like, what is the goal here to make these guys work at a gas station? I guess, yeah, to teach them a damn I mean, lesson. Are we, are we cleaning up the scene, or are we trying to destroy the scene? 
Well, yeah, yeah. I think I mean, it seems like because there have been some of these predator types in the scene, and they generally have been the self policing seems to be the the way that most of them are run out. Word gets out, you know. If these people are chronic about it, and I hadn't heard anything like that about Ray, and I don't know anything about Ray. I was the only reason I was annoyed with Ray is because he went on CNN. Well, to answer, to, to answer your question, I mean, you know, I just went down to Florida to see him, and I'm supposed yep. to go to see him in Urbana in, like, October or November, and I'm still planning on going, so, you know. See, that be, so, well, it'll be interesting to see if the venues start to drop them. Like I said, if their label drops them, it'll be interesting to see what happens. And like I said, as of right now, I feel the same way. Now, if, if that changed... I wouldn't give any more of my money, I don't think. If something, but I, by that point, you weren't going to anyway, though. You weren't, you weren't going to buy the new album anyway. I have every record of theirs. Yeah, you do, but okay, all right. Didn't know that. Didn't know you got that last one. That the silver one. Yeah, I even have Ray's solo album, the acoustic one. Uh, I have most of them on CD, though, Neil. I know you look down at me for that, but I do. I, think <laughs> I only have a couple of them. Well, actually, some of the, a, some of the early vinyl is very, very difficult to find. Yeah, the Red Scare stuff is near impossible to get on vinyl. Yeah, it's Red Scare is what it is. Ah, see what I did there? That was good. There you go. Yeah. Well, and because like like uh, Fat will like occasionally re- you know will repress stuff you know on a, I don't know what their kind of cycle is or whatever. But. Well, it's a, well I, I I tell you what we'll we'll come back and talk about that. But why don't you while you still got the Sammy Town thing in your mind? Why don't you play your last song? Oh, I was thinking we were out of songs. So you still have a song yet? I do. We've got two songs. You got the Fang song to play yet? So talk oh, okay. about Sammy Town. Play song. Play the Fang. Great, the great Fang hit. If there was a hit, been covered by Nirvana, Mud Honey, every every other band. Such a such a great song. This is Fang. The money will roll right in.
Okay, Fang, with uh, the money, will roll right. Do you, ever, do you think in. he ever? Do you ever think he ever had that love connection with Brooke Shields that he was so? He'll get to fuck Brooke Shields, and she'll just sit and grin. The money will roll right in. Um, some of the only graffiti I ever did, I did a big fucking Fang skull down on the uh, on the front on the uh, seafront where I used to live in England. Nice. I drew a big fang. I, well, I also did a black flag logo and the. Fang Is it was because you liked the band or because you like to support murderers? Uh, <laughs> he hadn't murdered. Yeah, you know, in, in my defense, he hadn't murdered anyone at that point. You know. <laughs> he hadn't. You. He had. <laughs> I. I had. Yes, I had. Uh, I had numerous times, but um, no. Uh, yeah, I think I, I. I might even be able to dig up some photographs of that. Somewhere, so I will. Uh, I will post that. We went because we used to go skateboarding down on the seafront, and it would be completely fucking empty and decrepit. And we took a black spray can and spray painted the walls like Black Flag. Black Flag told us to. I heard that Neil. Another racial, another <laughs> slur. Man, there actually is a band called Black Flag that is a ton of fun. It's one of the old Dead Kennedy singers. I think it was Skip. I can't remember, but they do. Uh, like black flag songs with without like with the lisp, it's pretty funny. Gimme, 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 gimme some more. It's it's funny stuff. Did you? I, mean, ever, I don't know that I. I don't know that I'd want to sit at home and listen to the record, but they're fun to see live. Did you ever see Nick Heist or hear of Nick Heist? That was like the Black Flag Roadies, right? It was, and he had a filthy album. In fact, on our next um, offensive episode, uh, we will. Gonna, go. I'm going to play something by Nick Heist, which we should do soon because we have a bunch of whole uh, listener write-ins for that. So that's I think true. that's going to be a fun one. Yeah. Well, it's 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 funny because I you know it, I, I really listen, man. I grew up I grew up in a pretty conservative Midwestern environment, and I definitely have thrown a lot of that stuff out. A lot of the way I was raised out, some of it I kind of held on to the parts that I think are useful. So when it comes to these issues, these thorny issues like we're dealing with right here, I, I'm not I'm you know I'm not uh, like somebody who won't listen to reason. I'm willing to listen to different arguments, and I you know even one of our one of the people in our group was a woman, and she had an interesting perspective on it. Um, not the one that the mainstream would like, probably, but um, but it was you know it, 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 anyway. I don't mean to get too serious. No, and I was uh, I was I was actually very happy to hear that because when I asked her what her opinion was on Saturday, and she gave a very reasoned opinion and said she has to hear both sides, and you know there's some things well, in the and there was story a on the podcast that, do not add up. And, There's uh, a couple and that, things that didn't pass her smell test, right. which was, was interesting. That you that us as men probably would have never thought of, honestly. Right. Oh, he wouldn't dare to say because oh yeah, yeah. Fear but, of but no, it's, fucking... it, like I said, it's interesting. I don't want you to, you know, I, I, I'm not somebody who's just pig-headed for being sick of pig-headed. I'm not. I'm, I'm I uh, I will listen to all sides, and you know, I think I'm a pretty reasonable individual at this point. And I think anybody who knows me will tell you I'm pretty reasonable. Yeah, he's, had, like, he's all right. Years, you know. But, <laughs> Unless I've had like eighteen beers, then I'll just punch you in the gob. But <laughs> if he can see, if he can see it, <laughs> exactly. I don't know. All right, Neil. Listen, well, man, are, let's... are you so you're saying that you're saying that if I, I don't know, what are you saying? You're not going to buy. Let's, you, let's, you're, let's, you're not going to buy the new album. Is that what you're saying? We've said enough. If it proved to be true, if it otherwise proves I, to be I'm true. not going to change anything. And unless I get more proof, as of right now. I will uh, keep going now. Unfortunately, I can't control what everybody else does. Like I said, if the label drops them or if – because the venues venues are, are ultimately – most of them – I mean, some of them are run by these PC punk types. But for the most part, venues are just about making money. They just don't want to be hassled. So if – you know, and it probably won't happen in, in the metropolis of Champaign-Urbana. But in other places, like they probably will never play at 924 Gilman or something like that, right? Well, didn't it's well? It's funny. John said 
on Saturday that the only ha- racist racial hassle he's ever gotten from his for his Japanese Japanese wife was at 924 Gilman. <laughs> which is pretty which is pretty damn funny when you think about it. Just pretty ironic, right? Yeah. The, well, uh, it's you know John, John said something that I thought was interesting when we were talking about this is our pal John Bates who was in the Born Shitsters who's the instigator of these punk rock summits that we have on the Saturday mammoth summit. phone calls yes from Japan yep we uh, we just watch him get drunk until he passes out it's pretty entertaining actually yep and then we talk about whatever but his he, I thought he was actually kind of insightful on the fat wreck thing he said listen fat Mike is a pervert but he's a regular pervert he doesn't go for all this sexual assault stuff <laughs> so to be interested I don't know or some version of that something like that he said I thought that I don't know I just thought it was funny well I, 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 I just find it interesting how these people can the people that are hoisting him out to dry and immediately you know saying he's the worst person in the world but they can draw the lines so I'm sure they go home and they play some again I'm going to pick on David Bowie right just because just cause it's obvious so because he's a saint in yeah. people's eyes or even like Joe Strummer I mean Joe Strummer had his own share of fucking he was no saint right I mean people yeah. like to portray him that way but he had his he had his women problems and stuff like that so they're going to go home and play those records and they're going to see no problem with it at all but Morrissey's a bad person because he said something bad about you know Chinese people for eating dogs or he said something bad about you know well Ray Rocket you know might have done something or he might not have done but they're going to be crucified but we know what Bowie said but you know that's fine that's you know whatever. well listen man there's a lot of incongruity there and I'll tell you what if we ever get back if we ever go back to war or if we ever get back into the really into that situation where the guy made those accusations against me, I would really love to point out some, you know, everybody's kind of inconsistent. It's like they, we all have our sort of blind spot where because we like the artist or we like the individual, we're willing to sort of well, turn I, the other way. Actually, actually that... I, I think everybody kind of does it, but sometimes it's just so glaringly obnoxious that well, it's, they need to be called out for it. Well, well, so, okay, so thank you for reminding me of that, because that's one thing I was going to say after you played that last song, was does the whole, do you separate the artist from his art? Like, he can be a, a complete asshole of a human being, uh, but he still makes fantastic artwork, and maybe that's why he makes fantastic artwork, right, is that he doesn't fit in. Um, so can you do that or do you have to then just throw out everything and forget about everything? Because Warhol was an asshole. John Lennon was a fucking asshole. Dude, Um, Sean Connery many times in interviews loved to talk about smacking women around. Right. Um, you know, and going back. If a woman was acting crazy, what are you going to do? You got to smack her, right? Going back to, you know, art, great artists like Van Gogh or whatever, you know, complete pricks. So, I mean, what are you just going to have your house beige and not listen to anything but. I don't even know no if you listen to classical. Seven. What do you just listen to? Static? I mean, I don't know what. Yeah. War on women? Is that what you listen to? You stay at home and. Well, it is. I think it. Listen, it was never right to lay a hand on a woman. None of this stuff was ever right. I'm not saying that, but also, it's it's one of the infuriating things is everybody wants to put modern sort of standards on things from 40, 50, 60 years ago, and it just the public opinion just wasn't the same. You can't. You know, listen, George Washington, our founding father, was not woke. You know, I'm sorry. He wasn't. You know, but, but it was a different era. He was a liberal thinker of his time. Of course. And it's this. And once again, let's stop eating, eating our own tail here. Let's stop destroying the few things, you know. You know, I, that's why I played that dwarf song. You know, it's like, like I said, they're like, listen, Blag is a, is a very, supports all the right liberal causes, but also just antagonizes those people who were, 
have no sense of humor about it. Yeah. And I, I, I love it. I, lo- I love his ability to do that. Well, there anyway. you go. All right, Neil. Let's play. Let, let, it's enough talking. I, you know, I was talking about how, when we started. I said, "Man, I'm looking forward to talking. We got a lot to talk about. It's been a while since it's just been the two of us. Now I'm sick of talking." <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to finish off with uh, actually, you know, the band Cron Gen. Yes. Um, their final single. Yeah, Boy Jack Girl. Yeah. That's a creepy ass song. That's a creepy ass song. But this is their final single from 1982, and probably their finest work. This is uh, a song called Outlaw. So again, Cron Gen, Outlaw from Cron Gen. Um, stand, it's short for Chronic Generation. Yep. So Cron Gen with uh, the song Outlaw from uh, their last single in 1982. Um, very good. Very good uh, summing up of the scene, actually, in that song as it stood in 1982. So actually, it's, it's an interesting listen 
to compare it to what's going on in the scene. Is there even a scene, Tom? I mean, if we talk about the scene these days, is there a scene? Or is it just a collection of disparate people um, who were into different things? I don't know. It is interesting, I think, because if we were, to put it in, like, religious perspective, if you and I were Catholic instead of punk, there's definitely some of the diocese would probably excommunicate us. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? Oh, God, yes. There's a lot of... There's a lot of things we are not in lockstep on, and, and and I always try to say, listen, we're we're from a different generation. We we see things differently. Punk is not what it was when we were kids. That being said, it doesn't belong to us. Punk doesn't belong to us. But it's just we we it, it, it what a lot of the mainstream thinking in punk rock is so repugnant to me. I can't stand it. I'm will I'm, I'm I'd be thrilled to be kicked out. Be, it's more punk to be kicked out of the punk rock than it is to be in it at this point, right? And as anti-fascist as they are, they're actually it's very fascist in its. Uh, oh, it's exceptionally fascist. In its I mean, thing, they, in they its, can call there's it only whatever one they way. Want. There's only one they way. They can call and, it whatever they want. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's only one way, and if you don't think like us, then you're out. And it's extraordinary, and they just don't see it. So it's interesting. Well, listen, we we we're sorry to the two of you we offended today, but we. Uh, <laughs> Like I said, you, you, listen. We're gonna have some hangouts. You can come hang out. Let's see. We're, we're reasonable men. Yeah. We won't. We won't be. We won't be creepy to you. We'll just, you know, drink a beer. Well, what's the difference between? Hold. What's the difference between being creepy and actually just hitting on a woman? Is that is that being creepy too? I don't know, Neil. When you like, do what, what am I allowed to do anymore? What am exact? Someone tell me what know. I'm allowed to this do. This is a different. This is a different story. All right. Listen. <laughs> this is a whole. Different, this is a whole different. Who's our new listener? Can she write in and tell me what I'm allowed to do and what I'm not allowed to do this these days? This is a whole other two hours, yes. <laughs> All right, listen. It's been informative. We've laughed. We've cried. We've, we've made <laughs> we, you think. We've wet our pants, yes. Exactly. Anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back soon uh, with wrapping with some other people about this, that, or the other thing. I think some more guests We're gonna, coming on soon, so... Yep, we got a lot of stuff. We got actually got a lot of stuff I'm real excited about lined up. And now that stuff is sort of coming back, like shows and stuff, and new records, we're actually sort of having to like coordinate timelines and stuff. And it's all pain in the neck. Let me just talk about that one second. I know you're able, eager to get off, but buddy, what I would say is if you've got any shows lined up that you could possibly go to in the next two weeks, I would say go to them because the way this fucking variant is spreading and the way people are panicking and the mask mandates are starting to come back. I would just say if you got shows to go to, fucking go to them, because <laughs> oh, we don't we don't up. know where we're. I'm just saying we don't know where we're going to be in. in oh, in dude, four why are you going to end it like this? I'm just I'm just I'm just saying. Someone told me today that St. Louis has now put their mask mandate back in place. St. Um, Louis and L.A. I saw. Yeah, it's spreading east. So, uh, you know, I'm just saying, get out there and get out there and see your show. Get out there and live your life. Get out there and see your shows. Because I saw St. What... Louis's because I do follow a couple of clubs in St. Louis, even though it's quite a ways away. Yeah. But it was so... like, unless you are actively drinking, you must be wearing a mask. I'm like, well, I'm going to get loaded. Yeah. There you go. So I am just going to be. The only time I'm not going to be actively drinking is when I'm standing at the bar or another one. So live your lives. Get out there and live your lives, people. Enjoy them and live your lives. That's all. Oh, I hope saying. we don't have to go back into pandemic lockdown mode, Neil. Yep. I hope so, too. Anyway. And listen, thanks for listening. Thanks for being open minded. Thanks for being old school. Thanks for being whatever you are. Thanks for being you. That's beautiful, Tom. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So stay free. Yeah. Stay free, everybody. Right there. Stay free. Yep. 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 Keep a little marketing hot. Bye, everybody. And we'll smell you later. See ya.